That's a great intro. I, I haven't gotten the official. I haven't gotten the official um, authority to do that. I have reached out to Metallica. They they have not uh, acknowledged receipt of my request to receive authorization to officially be able to use that as my intro. But I've been doing it now for three years, I suppose. Seek and destroy because in 2016. I sought answers in regards to the Zika virus and the pesticide that was being sprayed. Uh, it was called an epidemic. It's called an epidemic. Fast forward to 2020. Oh, oh, now there's a pandemic to another coronavirus. Oh, yeah, no, no, folks. The Zika virus was a, is and was a coronavirus discovered by the Rockefeller-funded scientists in the Uganda forest in the 1940s. Hmm. Sound familiar? Yes, as a matter of fact, it did. And then, oh my gosh, Catherine Austin Fitz, Wharton grad, uh, speaks Mandarin, I believe, and former White House advisor was saying, last April, folks, this is about economics. This is about crashing the dollar. Okay, don't mark my words. Maybe she didn't say that. But generally, the gist of her message is, this is about the great digital reset. A la Klaus Schwab, a la World Economic Forum. And all, lo and behold, now we have Biden. We have Mr. Mr. Puppet Central. Man, does this guy even know he's a puppet? He's got to. He's been in D.C. for 40 years. That swampy, swampy, swamp, womp, swamp rat. And Kamala Harris. I mean, do these people know what they are doing? They are purposely dismantling the United States because that is what the Swiss puppets want them to do. So who is controlling Basel, Switzerland? Who is controlling the Swiss puppets? Well, the Vatican and the Jesuits. And that's from everything that I've been able to research. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Archbishop Vigano. Okay? Type his name into a search engine. Archbishop Vigano. All right, so without further ado, Dr. Brian Artist, Dr. Tenpenny, you name it. These Some of these great, brave warriors. Yes, they've all been on discussion of truth, but most importantly, folks, this is about citizen journalism. You, you cannot rely on CNN. You cannot rely on Fox News. You cannot rely on Newsmax. Sorry, Newsmax. You cannot rely OAN. You cannot rely on MSNBC. You cannot rely on CBS, ABC, NBC. You cannot rely on these people because they essentially, maybe not OAN and maybe not News, Newsmax to a degree, but these are all puppeted by the Council on Foreign Relations out of New York. Do I have a problem with the Council on Foreign Relations? No. Outside of the fact that it is manipulated by European money. <laughs> America and its federal bank, the central bank, completely manipulated by Europe banksters. It's a fraud, folks. It's like a Ponzi scheme. It's a monopoly. 
and you all are part of it just as I am, and it is up to you to destroy it and dismantle it before they dismantle your country, which they are actively doing. Okay, so A, I thank you for listening. B, I ask you to go back and look at the archive. I have five years, five years I've been doing this. Five years of great information that you should be absorbing yourself with. I, I employ you to do that. Uh, I recommend you to do that. And momentarily, right now we're bringing on Dr. Aaron. Without further ado, because I know he's standing by, we're bringing on Dr. Aaron, uh, a, a, a whistleblower. I, I believe he did his residency 16 years. Anesthesiology, I think it is. Emory University. Okay, the guy's a smart guy, and he's blowing the whistle on this fire. So let's get into it with him. We bring him on right, right now here. Dr. Aaron, here we go. And you know, the second hour, I'm going to do, do a double-double header. The folks, I, you know, it, 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 here's the thing. is is This is where it's at. This is where it's come to. I'm doing another double-header. Right, two hours here. One with him. About 30, 40 minutes with Dr. Hello. Dr. Aaron, Ian Trottier, Discussions of Truth, sir. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm great, Ian. How are you? Thanks for having me on today. Well, uh, look, for, for, for listeners, um, this uh, the fact that we are connected is because of uh, a couple of connections that I have in uh, Minneapolis, and you gave a wonderful speech uh, to Minnesotans outside of the Capitol. Would you talk? Hey, hey let me let me let me hand the let me hand the time over to you, Doctor. And it's my it's my my privilege. It's my pleasure to have you and host you. We've had a conversation prior. Uh, please give a introduction to who you are. Dr. Aaron, your full name, um, and uh, and we'll get into uh, what you're what you're what you're into right now. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, my name is Aaron Williams. Um, I am a board certified anesthesiologist. I've been practicing for about twelve years outside of residency. So you know, been in medicine for quite some time. I've been involved in a, a lot of different things. As you said, uh, I trained at Emory University in Atlanta, parked next to the CDC. Um, didn't really have any idea of kind of venerated them at the time and didn't realize that there might be something more to all that. But uh, then uh, from that time, I spent a couple of years in academics after my residency teaching and winning some awards doing that because it's one of the loves that I have is to uh, teach and spread knowledge, knowing that, you know, you're only one person who can do something, but if you can empower other people, just as you do with your show, empower people with knowledge that that can then spread. And um, so I taught for a couple of years and for family and other reasons. Uh, I've been up here for the last 10 years. I've been blessed to be up here working um, uh, in a private practice and doing a lot of leadership roles and other things. And, uh, you know, this last year has just been, you know, progressively more of a, a, of a wake up um, as things went on that I wouldn't have ever believed, you know, a little over a year and a half ago when I was still involved with a lot of uh, leadership roles. But um, that's kind of where we are now. Fantastic. And um, Aaron, um, what happened uh, there uh, at the uh, the steps there of the state capitol in, in, in Minneapolis? Well, we had a, an amazing rally. Uh, you know, some of the estimates went three to 5,000. Uh, I think it was at least somewhere close to 3,000 people. Uh, a lot of wonderful people, patriots, people who just appreciate freedom, medical freedom, freedom from tyranny. Um, and had a lot of amazing speakers, including Dr. Scott Jensen and, and a great many others 
and I was I'm blessed and privileged to, to be able to be up there. Um, and so we got a lot of word out on a lot of things. There's a lot of people that are out there that, you know, after these drops, for a lot of us here in Minnesota, early August, at that point in time, everybody was out looking for help, looking for answers, and finally everything kind of came close enough to them that they were forced into action. And it was a great, a great showing. Um, there's another one this weekend that's likely to be much bigger. And as you know, this movement only continues to grow. So it was an amazing showing, and, and uh, we want to see it keep going day by day. We're adding more. This is yeah. This is this is really great. I'm glad that you said this. Uh, yeah, not to sound cliche, but but I think more and more Americans are catching wind of what is happening in their country. Um, so let's 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 put it from your perspective. Uh, you know, 16 years uh, in, in in your field, um, respectable credentials. Uh, of course, earning an MD is nothing to scoff at. That's quite an achievement in and of itself. Um, what, take us through the take us through the the timeline, Aaron. As uh, when did things not add up for you? When when did you say, okay, wait a second, here's 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 maybe a little bit of overreach from the government? When, when did things not add up for you? I think that it was probably. You know, sometimes I started to get some warning signs, but I never really thought that I needed to look into it um, when we were digging for answers and looking for help. And this isn't specific to my institution, and that's, you know, not anywhere where it needs to be. But at all institutions, everyone was out there in leadership roles, and they were looking, how do we deal with this virus? How do we deal with this pandemic? How do we deal with all the unknowns? Um, and, and where do we go? So I was digging for information at the time. I thought it was pretty strange that you know, we had had some data on hydroxychloroquine, but yet they came out with some study that I later found out was completely made up and fraudulent. And I didn't find that out till I don't know, in the last five months, maybe, um, as I dug more and more because it's hard to find the information, as you know. And um, I thought, well, that's strange that hydroxychloroquine doesn't even work at all. And in fact, it gave people heart attacks. This sounds very odd, but okay, the CDC and company are, you know, all saying that we've got to go another direction. So we continue to look for answers. You hear the president hopeful for the vaccine. I was also hopeful for the vaccine. I thought, well, they could fast track things and avoid some bureaucracy, um, you know, and all that 10 year sort of path that typically these things will have to go through. And I thought of it as a fairly good thing for what we were dealing with. Um, the biggest wake up for me though, was as we started to roll out and we finally got the vaccine coming. And I realized that everywhere, everywhere, there was it wasn't a question of if you were going to get the vaccine it wasn't a question of when you were going to get the vaccine it was only a question how fast could you get that vaccine into a hundred percent of people and i thought to myself this isn't medicine like we normally know it and after the first day where they rolled out in the uk and they had a a fairly high number of anaphylaxis cases especially for what they purported in the studies from the drug companies at the time, Pfizer specifically, but I'm sure Moderna had the same sort of whitewashing of, of their numbers. Oh, we excluded them from the study after they had allergic reactions. And I went digging into it. I said, well, there must be something here. And it's understandable. You have a drug that then gets spread out to way more than say 40,000 that might've been in this drug company study. And we know their history on corruption and, and cheating studies, but we're hoping that with something this important that they wouldn't do much of that. But uh, when I look into it and I find out, oh, 
you know, when you, like I said, when you roll out more than 40,000, you're going to find more um, complications and things that interactions that happen. So that's not necessarily in and of itself indicative of fraud and evil intent. But when I looked at it, what I found was this allergy had a very clear reason. And it was polyethylene glycol, part of what they used to encapsulate the mRNA for both the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. And I looked at this and I found some studies and I kind of kept digging um, because I was trying to figure out, do we, you know, should we put a warning label? You know, should, uh, should everywhere across America be putting a warning label on? And the UK started to do it after the first day or two. And we're going for 100%. I'm like, this does not add up. This isn't the way we do medicine. And also, people, many people have had it by this point. And whenever I found out that it was this PEG, and there was big studies done from UNC, you know, very respectable, very good institution, and they had roughly 16,000 patients in this, and they said that 72% of the population had at least some allergy to PEG. And 8% of the nation, or this sample size of 16,000, so pretty good sample size, um, and even in medical terms and studies, had a high level of allergy to this PEG. Yet, we're rolling this out, and I'm looking everywhere, and every, we're rolling it across the nation, and nowhere is there even a warning for the people who do actually know they even have that allergy. And the other kicker was at the end of this UNC study, the researchers, now this does not make it uh, a policy or a have to in terms of medical, um, medical practice and guidelines and from our typical institutions that we historically have trusted. But it said at the end, anyone who is going to be injected with, because this is in topicals, it's in, you actually use it for bowel preps for colonoscopies and such, but it's such a big polymer molecule that it doesn't enter but when you enter it into the bloodstream and such via a needle, they've had multiple drugs pulled off the market because it caused such bad anaphylaxis. They said, if you're going to inject anyone with this, you should test them for allergies prior to ever administering it. And I look up and I you know, effectively look around and go, wow, we're talking about giving this to 100% of the population. No one's talking about any of this and these researchers not small potatoes, are saying you should test anyone for this allergy before you even give it to them. And that was my biggest wake up, to start digging more and more. And I still, to this day, have been blown away by how far you have to go to be able to even find that information. It's just not even there. How did you come across this? Was this through PubMed? What was the source that you used to get at this study? Yeah, I believe PubMed was, was one of the ones that I had used. I think I also used DuckDuckGo, which I've used for a long time. You know, um, I haven't been big into conspiracies per se. Uh, I probably kind of fault myself in a way for not looking into this stuff more seriously prior, at least for, you know, a decent amount of it. Uh, DuckDuckGo, PubMed, I was looking off of some of the articles, I think, any link they would have on any article. Um, from the UK, for instance, you know, the Sun or the, you know, whatever ones that I was looking at at the time, and then linking to another study. And I just kind of kept digging and digging, and that's exactly what I found is, you know, as you mentioned, you specifically and we the people are basically the news now. You have to search and find these people who are basically breaking news and stories and showing you that, hey, this link exists. Hey, this study exists. Did you know that that was out there? And so in that process of digging, I can't say that was on a lot of the social media sites or, or what have you, but yeah, through digging through DuckDuckGo, through PubMed, and then you can find 
so much to it. And now looking there for natural immunity, you can find the same stuff. But when I when I found that UNC study, that lends so much credibility to it because that's a super solid study, and even in the highest medical terms. And these guys are saying, test every single person before you give it to them in an injection. And it's nowhere to be found. It's totally MIA. So, yeah, you, you have to dig far, as you know, to find info. Okay, so let's isolate this. Let's isolate this for listeners so that they understand exactly uh, what what we're what you're talking about. This this study uh, that that gets into these adverse uh, reactions here um, help listeners identify. Are you saying that this particular study now is uh, is 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 has went into develop to the development of the you know I'm not even sure what vaccines are the J and J got taken off the Moderna uh, the, the, what is how does this correlate this study how does it correlate to the vac- vaccinations quote vaccinations because uh, folks that are listening to me likely realize that this is nothing more than an inoculation of uh, some highly suspect ingredients. Um, Correlate this study that you're talking about to the let's say listeners have been vaccinated. How does how does what yep. you're talking about relate to people who have been vaccinated? That's a great question and a great point. So, you know, there's been talk of some of the formulations changing over time with some of the trade secret ingredients. Uh, maybe a doctor, uh, Brian Artis, might have mentioned something about it, but it's hard to tell. Um, even if you got these vaccines the first time, uh, mRNA therapies. The, those two, Pfizer and Moderna, are the ones that contain this PEG or polyethylene glycol. Now, the allergic reactions and things that people, there's a great many of them out there that have had, and of course they're not report, reported all through the VAERS system, and we know that all too well, um, those people, that's a possibility of it happening. And, and the more you take of these, say go back for a booster shot, for instance, the higher the likelihood that you're going to have more of a reaction that builds up over time because they call it a highly immunogenic, which basically just means that if you inject it in, it causes allergies in a high number of people. It has a high propensity to cause that. It's listed as inert by the FDA, but that's because they're not talking about it as an injection. They're talking about it in topical things like cosmetic creams Mm -hmm. and all kinds of these other things. But yes, the, the propensity and the likelihood of having an allergic reaction goes up to at least some degree with each time you get this. So if you're going back for another one and you didn't have any reactions the first time, maybe even the second time, that doesn't mean you necessarily won't have a third. Dr. Aaron, walk us through um, how the FDA approval. So for instance, I'm now hearing people saying, okay, well, the FDA has approved these injections, these vaccinations. We'll stick with the term vaccinations, even though I think that can be brought up in court because they're not vaccinations. But We'll stick with that. How how is it that the FDA has approved these vaccinations? From your understanding, I think I would almost answer your question with a question. To be honest, how could they actually authorize, you know, even pass the authorization, but actually, you know, put these out there for use and, and approval? There's not really any good logical reason. Um, that they should be doing it. Now, we're separating. I'm not saying COVID isn't real. I'm not saying it's not a real disease. I'm not saying it hasn't killed people. I'm not saying you want to go get it. But at the same time, there is no reason with the data that is out there 
that we do and don't know that they're pressing this hard. And it begs the questions of what is the agenda behind it. You know, where does this money trail go between all these different institutions with the NIH, CDC, Fauci, Bill Gates, all these people, and also the FDA and Scott Gottlieb and going back and forth. I believe he went to Pfizer, if I ever call recently. There's not. They, under no circumstances in our normal medical world, would have been pushing this for full approval, let alone for approval down to 12 years old, pregnant women, mm-hmm. and, chil- and children even less than 12 they're trying to rush right now. There's not a good reason. That's what the question is, is why are they doing all of this um, in light of all the information that's available? And as every day passes, we're finding more and more breakthroughs, so to speak, um, infections. And people I know, uh, physicians, in uh, friends, family, et cetera, and we see the numbers coming out of Israel and all these other countries, and you go, well, we should be really not speaking to give approval and push this onto all of the children as well. We should be actually backing up and looking at whether or not this is actually that effective. How are we looking at those numbers, and what do they say now that we've actually got it out there? Right. Okay, so it's become political. First, we had the mask mandates and that sort of thing and, and and concurrent with of course the the blm and the antifa squabbles and uprising and certainly the minnesota issue with with the george floyd was a hotbed for the uprising of the blm we've got all these kind of political factors moving in that's being a sideshow let's hone in on the masks um you got vaccine uh, mask ma- uh, mandates then the, then and now of course uh, the concern over vaccine mandates and certainly those in New York. De Blasio has his vaccine passports taking place and the vaccine passports. And I think three out of is it 10 or 11 provinces. I don't know how many provinces are in Canada. Uh, I think three of them now, uh, maybe close to four, have these vaccine passports. Uh, yeah, this is a this is a new reality for um people around the world but certainly as america as we as 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 those that love the freedoms that we have enjoyed and inherited uh those of us that want those continued continue to look into this and dive into this um how do these correlate paint the picture from your view uh, as a as a medical doctor uh aaron uh, how do all these things correlate in your view in regards to um in regards to the current state of the country uh, that's a real loaded question, and I ba- painted with a really broad, uh, uh, broad uh, uh, brush here. But uh, but I'd like to get your opinion. What type of country? What type of scenario are you currently living in? Yeah, well, I feel like I'm living in the twilight zone. That's for sure. I don't feel like I'm living in a country that that actually cherishes its freedom and is standing up for it. Uh, I feel like I'm more in a nation of fear, um, and and also a place where we're not looking for the information. The people we've historically trusted for bringing us information and Mm -hmm. that if it was worth knowing, surely they would bring it to us and surely they wouldn't mislead us in any respect. Um, At least not much, maybe a little angle for money, but nothing big like this. That's one of the biggest things I think I'd look at uh, with this view of the country right now. And when it comes to the mass, I'll be honest, at the beginning of it, I knew some people, and they and they were talking about the freedom angle at the beginning, and you know we're closing down ORs um, everywhere. Uh, hospitals are shutting down; they're filling up with COVID patients. We don't really have any great cures at the time. 
um, that we knew about, or at least that a yeah. lot of us knew about anyway. And I was kind of a little bit annoyed. I'm like, you know, it might not help a lot, but it's not going to really hurt much of anything to just kind of wear your mask for a little bit. And over time, I have since come to learn, you know, that this is a much bigger picture. And that, that was a pretty naive thought on my part at that time, but it hadn't really proven itself out so much for me at that point until I ran into the issues and the 100% facts campaign was coming along. Um, but you can see that there's something at play because we know that masks don't work for this stuff. We've had mm -hmm. studies on it for a long time. Mm -hmm. At the very beginning, yeah, a couple weeks, something, well, that's how we started. We know the folly there now, I do now. Um, but at the time, it seemed kind of reasonable. But when you look at this whole thing in aggregate, you realize there's a much bigger something at play because they get rid of all the studies that don't go with their narrative, and then they prop up ones that are poor. Or they'll put out something to the effect of an internal CDC um, test or investigation uh, believes that, yes, we can stop these droplets and, and spread if it's within six feet and with a cloth mask and what have you, and they do these internal things, and they prop those up as being, quote, science. But they never were, and they never will be. So this is a much bigger picture for the country. You're aware of it. Uh, I'm sure most of your listeners are aware of it by now, too. But it, the sad thing, I think, realization for me, you know, medicine isn't perfect. Um, I respect the medical field to the hilt, and people sacrifice a lot to become a part of it. And the sad part is that, you know, it's being so manipulated right now with this pandemic, with this virus, bioweapon, with, with all of these things, these vaccines, that it's hard to watch it. And it's also frustrating to watch it as well, because, you know, you have so many good intentioned people who are very intelligent. Um, they work their butts off and they're awesome people, but they're falling prey to the narrative uh, into the fear. And, and that's what I really want to see turn around. And a lot of what I was talking about um, at the Capitol a few weeks ago was, was based on that. What, if you actually look, if the doctors actually take the time to look, these medical institutions take the line, time to look at the studies themselves, they're going to be able to judge the quality of them. And they'll be able to bust through the cognitive dissonance if they take the time to look at enough of these studies, whether it be the mask studies, whether it be the vaccine studies, whether it be alternative treatment studies, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, any of these type of things. Um, but they just have to look. And they can't hardly fathom that the medical field has been so manipulated and that these institutions we've trusted to basically just kind of follow along. The CDC said, etc. That's kind of what we always did to some degree. We never really questioned it, but we should have because now this is being exploited to someone or some group's benefit. So you're really you're really a sort of a, a whistleblower here in, in, in many, many senses. And, it, 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 and but you, you did. I think you believe I believe I heard you say virus bioweapon. Uh, do you believe this is a bioweapon, doctor? Uh, yes, I, I believe that, you know, there's enough evidence now. I mean, common sense at the beginning would dictate that the level four virology, level three, whatever the highest level is, virology lab down the street from the wet market that studied that coronavirus's probability, the pretest probability, if we want to be scientific, would say that it's a thousand to one, that it probably came from the lab. And uh, John Stewart had a funny segment on that, if, if you've ever seen it. Um, but uh, that 
was evident. I thought, well, maybe an accident. Of course, China's going to cover it up, et cetera. Um, but later on, now we find out, and now I've since found out, there's a long trail, as I'm sure you've probably already shared with your listeners, of Fauci working with Peter Daszak, Ralph Barrick, and uh, the Bat Lady, I forget her name, uh, out of the Wuhan Institute, the Echo Health Alliance, all of these things where they funneled the money, they've been talking about gain-of-function research, defending gain of re- the gain-of-function research over the years, talking about how easy it is to manipulate the viruses. That was either Dazic or Barrick. I get some of their clips that I've seen confused. And you realize they've been defending it, doing it for the longest time, and there's information in Fauci's emails with references to it. The team that went to actually look at the Wuhan Institute when they finally let somebody in later on, I think it was, what, 26 of the 27 researchers had ties back to the lab. So it wasn't a real, actual investigation. Um, I think that, yes, I don't, did they release it on purpose? Mm, you know, I always look at something whether it's possible, and then after that, what do I think the percentage probability is? Because there's only so much I can tell from afar, right? I'm not there. I don't have the internal documents, et cetera. Um, but it is definitely possible that they released this on purpose. Now, what's the probability? Uh, I don't know. Um, but I think it's higher by the day. Um, the more that I learn about these people and these institutions and what their aims have been over time and, and what's in their background. Um, if we scale it back and we say there is some type of manipulation at work here, I've had uh, Brigadier General, retired now, Air Force, uh, Spalding on the program, and uh, the title of his book is exactly that, The Stealth Enemy. The United States has been invaded by a stealth enemy. This is bold, uh, Aaron, this is bold. But if I were to ask you what that stealth, uh, stealth enemy is without concluding that it would be the virus, because certain that, certainly that would be a weapon, a bioweapon, who would be the stealth enemy here in, in your research from what you've understood? How would you answer that? That's a that's a good question. I think that there is a group of people that are benefiting, and if you if you even keep it to financial, you've got a good argument. Um, you've got good circumstances by which to put forth that assertion. That let's just say they're trying to take control um, over more and more of industry, of pharma, et cetera, big pharma and what have you. Mm-hmm that there's so much money that pours back into this. Let's just keep it at the vaccines, you know, as a small microcosm, even though that's really big. They're making tens of billions of dollars. They're approving, Fauci is approving part of the ethics committee at the uh, the NIH, if if I'm not mistaken. And basically it's a big circle of these people that are all benefiting by pushing something on us that costs a lot of money They don't really care to tell us about what the allergies that may come with it are. They're hiding, manipulating the numbers in many different ways. And meanwhile, they're pushing out the treatments that have been shown really well in the good studies to be helpful in either preventing and or treating COVID-19 for pennies on the dollar that are being used in other countries. And I'm sure you've seen what's come out of India recently as well with their numbers dropping precipitously after and essentially going to close to zero cases in very densely populated 240 million province of India 
after they've liberalized the use of ivermectin, zinc, and a few others, I can't recall what was all in there, but ivermectin was in. So I, I do think there more and more, I think that what people have been talking about for years, and you kind of just brush off uh, conspiracy theories, yeah, that's been manipulated too, but there is a group. How big is that group? Where does it all intertwine? Well, I think between FDA, CDC, NIH, NIAID, including you know, Fauci and company, um, Bill Gates and the pharma companies, it seems to be pretty solid that there is a whole lot of link there uh, and there's a whole lot of motive and there's a whole lot of things that they gain by pushing this on 100% of the population and pushing out all of the other treatments. Yeah, there's absolutely, absolutely no doubt. And you and I had a private conversation a couple of weeks ago, one on one. I know that you and I are on on the same page. Um, uh, to add to that, as I always do, to my listeners, the Federal Reserve Central Bank is a manipulated institution, and it needs to be dissolved. That's 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 from my my understanding. And 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 I think I expressed this uh, with you, uh, Doctor Aaron. You know, talking about following the money. Um, when when I was in Florida. Uh, well, at Mar-a-Lago, precisely. I'm currently out, out of the state. But when I was uh, in November, I was at Mar-a-Lago, and I'd met uh, Governor DeSantis. And I said, and I, I told him face to face with uh, the Google whistleblower. And I had introduced him to the to Zach Voorhees. I says, I says, Ron, uh, I says, you know, we've got to tackle Section 230. And he says, he says, Google needs to be dismantled. This is exactly what the governor of Florida said to me face to face. So there's there's a lot that being done. But I think you're bringing up a really good point in the money trail. Follow the money trail. So where where does that money trail lead? Let's talk about resolution. Let's talk about um, how you've been received in Minnesota. Tell listeners a little bit about uh, how people are reacting to um, to your stance and 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 what you the information that you're you're bringing forth. Yeah, so it's it's definitely been mixed uh, early on, you know, and not to bring it, this would be anywhere, not to bring it to any personal level or, or, or pointing any fingers, but I think that one thing to say is that if this weren't so such a powerful deception, yeah. we wouldn't be here. Everybody would have figured it out by now. So it's only natural that there's been a lot of resistance to ideas or information being exposed, et cetera. It's not ubiquitous. Um, but I think you kind of reach a little bit of a stalemate while circumstances continue to chip away at that kind of hardened stance and belief system that a lot of people have developed. Now, I, I will say that as people have kind of checked on me after that, um, after that speech, you know, they asked me, you know, how are you, et cetera, and how's things at work and whatever. I said, you know, it's actually kind of the opposite of what you would imagine, that there's a whole lot of people who I didn't know felt this way about any of the vaccine or the virus or the mask or any of that who are coming up and have been thanking me and giving me hugs and you know they just appreciate that somebody's out there speaking out for them that they know that they're not they're not alone because you're so cloistered especially in medical circles but it happens to everybody in society we're not alone in that that if you speak up anything that's outside of that narrative you get shut down so you can't walk up to a colleague for instance and say hey are you vaccinated because more than likely, you know, 90% or greater, depending on where you're at and, and working, maybe it's 50% at your particular institution, there's a chance somebody's going to give you a dirty look. What, are you not? And you're going to just end up having a really uncomfortable situation. So, so many people 
have been cloistered without knowing who to talk to, even at work, even even medical people. So when they actually heard somebody speaking out, they start to know that there are more people. And I tell them there's thousands of people in these Facebook groups. There's thousands of people out there. And in fact, across the country, there's millions of people that feel the same way. You're not alone. Get involved. We can turn this around. That's the secret. That's the illusion that they have is that they have control over everything and we can't change any of it. Uh, and if you accept that, then we're all kind of stuck. We're all just sitting there in fear, not knowing who to talk to. But the more people that speak out on all these amazing whistleblowers and you bringing them to the fore, they continue to just multiply. And the movement is so much more powerful than whatever small groups. You know, even if they're relatively large in number, we still outnumber them 100, maybe 1,000 to 1. Who knows? But it's a lot. And that I've been very encouraged by that response from people and being able to pick people up. Other physicians are finding my number from other people. So now I'm finding a fair amount of other physicians who didn't know. And physicians fairly high ranking in their different areas um, too. Um, And from across the country, a lot of them are still afraid to speak out and and I understand that. Um, But yeah, there's more physicians too than we know. Uh, And most people just don't even know who to talk to because they might be one out of 20 in their respective groups or within their hospital. Um, But they do hold these feelings and have been watching and have been paying attention to things. So it only grows. We just need more of the medical field to be able to speak up. And we need the rest of them to just actually take the time to look at the studies for themselves without the filter of, you know, well, the CDC told me. The CDC said, so there's no way we could question. Those are the experts. Well, guess what? You might even be more intelligent and better trained than they are. It's just happened to be there in those places. That doesn't mean you can't evaluate that information just the same, if not better than they can. And you can at least figure out how bad this looks when you actually look into it. And that's what we need. We need more to step up. And you've been, you've been up close and likely – personal with the CDC because of Emory University, CDC being based in Atlanta, and, and talking about following the money, the Rockefeller uh, organization is the primary financer for the development of the CDC, uh, even though it is a quasi-government organization. Uh, this is this is great to hear that, uh, that, 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 that people are coming to you with your bravery, and it's creating a reverberating effect and making people, uh, making people, stand up for it Let, let's be very clear let me ask you this very simple question here Aaron uh, are you are, are you are, are you coming out uh, from the med- as a rep- representative of the medical field are you coming out and saying uh, you are for a uh, uh, you're for vaccine freedoms whereas you're opposed to a mandate or are you are you or are you telling uh, are you telling uh, people who are either considering a vaccination or who have been vaccinated who are against a vaccination are you saying that the vaccine as it's called are you saying that that in itself is is an, is a threat I hope that's clear are you are you are you yeah, a, yeah go ahead yeah no, that is clear I am very much 100 percent on the choice and now realizing how important that was and we've kind of abdicated oh well you know it's easy for the medical field to say that you know well, we've gotten other vaccines and we had to get those so this one shouldn't be a problem either it's just one more vaccine but it isn't just a vaccine it's not a deadened or weakened virus it's not what it is at all it's something entirely different that has not been through animal trials that has not been through good human trials uh, that weren't manipulated, at least to some degree, if not a large degree. 
And so I'm 100% on that. As far as the vaccine itself, I mean, sometimes I think you take these in a stepwise approach, and I'll, I'll keep it short, but the more I look at the vaccine and what we're seeing from breakthrough cases, et cetera, and also from the allergic reactions, the neurologic reactions, the other problems as far as the myocarditis, et cetera, and then also with its relative, you know, it becomes more ineffective by the day, it seems. Now I'm becoming more into that camp of fully, you know, we really shouldn't even be doing this. Maybe if you're really high risk, um, I think, you know, hey, it's, it is your choice. We've all got a choice. Mm-hmm. I would recommend you not and you doing other things and alternative treatments and maybe starting, you know, working on your health as you're able to, whether it be weight loss, whether it be whatever. Um, you know, all those get into nuanced conversations. But I would say that, that over time, I'm thinking that, you know, for the vast majority of people, it, this is really not a good idea to get this vaccine. I've got somebody that I know very close uh, to this person, and they were uh, they received the vaccine. Uh, I'm not sure which one it won, which one it was uh, about seven months ago, and that person's health has dramatically inclined. Whereas uh, severe pancreas issues, and now some uh, very intense uh, and concerning lung issues. Um, Doctor Artis, which you and I have both brought up that name uh, during this episode. Uh, has said on this program that from his research he sees that there will be uh, there'll be uh, uh, I, I don't know if you use the word mass but uh, there'll be basically mass uh, casualties as a result of these uh, these vaccines and these uh, company vaccination policies these mass distribution of vaccines do you see from your research do you see anything like that potentially unfolding where uh, you know pe- this could have adverse effects meaning it could be killing people well yeah I would say that there's a good chance and I pray all the time that that um, that hopefully doesn't reach too far beyond the people that it's already done. Whether that's months down the line and they're getting autoimmune diseases or what have you, um, I think the sterility issue I think is very very valid. When they come out and they propagandize and you know the first sign of these experts who are far more experts in their field than myself uh, in terms of the immunology and all these things, they say this spike protein that we're causing people to create looks just like elements of the placenta and sperm, et cetera, that I'm going to take them seriously when the propaganda comes out. It's a, you know, it's a conspiracy theory and it's a rumor that these will cause, you know, these cause infertility. There is no evidence that there, yeah, there's no evidence that you wouldn't have it yet. I believe, you know, back in medical school, maybe it's changed a little, but it is typically a year of trying to get pregnant that you would ever start with a diagnosis of someone being infertile. So when it's January, February, uh, March of this year, and they're saying there's no evidence, there's no evidence. Well, that's more than disingenuous. That's manipulative, and that's not medicine at all. So, you know, I hope and pray that there's not these big things at this point. Knowing what I know um, and, and seeing what I've seen and listening to these other people that are experts and have been there and the Judy Mikovitzes of the world, and you go, there might, there's definitely that possibility. And I, I just pray that it's not. And, you know, I kind of keep going on that, you know, keep informing people. At least you hopefully have the choice to know that there's another side to the story that you might want to consider. And and hopefully the people that have taken it don't incur long term effects and they don't have worse things come up over time. But, you know, especially that's when I started speaking out more when they start pushing out to pregnant women 
when they started pushing it on the kids. I'm going, this is insane. They're at next to no risk. This is absolutely insane. And when you can still spread it to grandma, you're not even protecting anyone. It is literally insane, but they've just, they've been able to create this matrix, if you will, so well that everybody's just kind of on this bandwagon. And I'm just going to keep praying that it's not mass casualty. Yeah. Uh, as we wind down here, we'll take a few more minutes. Uh, thank you very much for your time, Dr. Aaron. Uh, I've got to make room for another guest, but, uh, but I want, I want to say this first. When I started doing this program out of invitation, I never never thought I'd start doing this, but something like this, but, it, but out of invitation uh, in 2016 Miami Beach, what caught my interest was that the pesticide that was being sprayed uh, called Nalid, uh, 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 two, two different names, trade names, Nalid and Dibrom, same, same chemical compound composition, um, what, what was, the, the effects of being, uh, being exposed to that chemical which was being sprayed to kill mosquitoes carrying the zika virus in 2016 were the same thing flu-like symptoms the zika virus is a coronavirus and so is the covid 19 these they're all coronaviruses and these these are the same this is a total deja vu in that sense total repetition of what i experienced in 2016 so the, the reason i i brought that up is because we're seeing a lot of the same very same kind of piggybacking overlaying elements uh going on here with uh with this other coronavirus um uh, now pandemic uh, that aside let me you you brought up the term conspiracy you you've mentioned the phrase conspiracy theory if this were a conspiracy um which uh, which i from my research it absolutely is i see i this is i see this as a dead-on conspiracy to dismantle and destroy the united states of america that's my view but if this were a conspiracy and and, and for those listening conspiracy meaning a withheld approach to take something over okay basically a, a a group as you've alluded to yourself aaron to take something over that is what a conspire to overthrow or topple something that is what a conspiracy is so a conspiracy is simply uh is simply an act of taking something over where the, the, whereas it's being done in a well to use this word again in a stealth manner if there were a conspiracy again which i do believe i do believe there is and i know there to yeah. be one if there's a conspiracy what is it dr aaron what What's the conspiracy here? Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of evidence, and it's all, you know, we have the word conspiracy that's all over court documents across the country. Two people robbing a bank is called a conspiracy when they're making that plan. Yet we've been taught that that word solely means fake, false, and crazy. And then you see a tinfoil hat in your head. But that's the way they get us to not look at anything. The conspiracy, in, in my mind, yeah, I think there is a very high likelihood that this does have to do with um, America and going after America. I mean, they're not, I don't even think they're vaccinating their people in China, from what I understand, but I haven't looked into that a lot, so I won't go very far with it. But I do think that there is a very much a, a sense that they're coming after America. I think that there's a lot bigger players um, and that they don't necessarily want the best for us. I always imagine that, you know, evil was very small pockets. Um, you know, some random story you hear about or a Jeffrey Dahmer or something to that effect. But when you actually study and look at these people, these are rational people. I didn't just go off the deep end and become schizophrenic around age 40. I actually just looked at things and used some logic and looked for what available evidence. And these people don't mean well for us. 
and you look at it from the baby food having, you know, 70 times the arsenic or something to that effect, when you look at these sprays, the pesticides, the GMOs, stuff that you always kind of brush off as one-offs, but if you actually put those puzzle pieces together, people actually take the time to look, you'll understand that these, a lot of these big players, big organizations, these Bill Gateses and Fauci's of the world, they always act like they mean well for you, but they're covering up what they're actually trying to do, and it's not something good. Beautifully so said. That's where I, I think these things are. Beautifully, beautifully said. It's it's greed, it's power, but but again, very on the very base level, follow the money. That's 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 that that exposes so many of these these uh, untruths. Um, Aaron, thanks again for joining the program. Discusses the truth, ladies and gentlemen, Doctor Aaron. Um, some final words uh, for for listeners. Um, some final words and uh, and where they can find uh, where they can find you and follow you and get in touch with you. Oh, great. Yeah, I mean. Um... We had some people ask. I put up a, a video on Rumble. There's a Rumble site. Um, I have a Facebook page as well where I actually just try to open minds a little bit, ask some questions just to get people to expand their thinking because without that, we just continue to be led along. Um, on my Facebook page is great. Um, I, I have an email if people want to send me an email as well. Um, you can send it to jawilliams04 at hotmail.com. Williams 4 hotmail.com and you know I'd be happy to try to help you know people obviously time is always a thing but I'm very happy and we we feel really good whenever we're bringing people into the mix and getting them into these communities where people are actually trying to help one another and, and fight for our freedoms Dr. Aaron thank you very much for your bravery and I look forward to uh, keeping in touch with you sir absolutely and thank you again have a great day there you've got it, folks. This is you know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now. I'm just, I'm just gonna say it right now because because I got a phone call from a friend of mine in Eastern Canada this morning. This morning introduced me to a friend of theirs. Turns out that their family arrived in Quebec in 1635 or 1636. That's that's when my family arrived. 1646. The Trottier's been around this continent since 1646. Okay, so so I was called a terror. I, I, I was called a terrorist. Well, not directly, but indirectly, my protesting, protest, protestantism, uh, was 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 labeled projectedly a terrorist act back in 2016. Okay, and I said, yeah, I th- th- thought to myself, I says. I says, nobody's going to call me a terrorist. My family has been on this continent since 1646. If anybody, if anybody, if I give anybody the right, okay, because it's within my right to allow that, I feel, if I, if, if I allow anybody, right, if I accept that from anybody, that term terrorist, that would be from the natives that occupied this land and or occupy this land that existed prior to my French family arriving in 1646. That would be the only terrorist act. Me a terrorist? No. So that 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 that, that flipped my lid, and uh, yeah, here I am again. I I started this program out of invitation. Winwood Radio, Miami, and it was uh, one of the managers of that online radio studio that said, "Hey, you've got to." 
start talking about this. I, I blew their mind with the All Souls School at Oxford, with Cecil Rhodes. Okay, some of these, hey, just you, you follow you, you follow the money, just like just like Aaron said, you follow the money. Dr. Aaron Williams, what a very brave man, very well educated, very articulate, and here he is. He says there's something to this vaccine. There's something that is just not right. And the best thing you can do, the best thing you can do, if his words resonate, reach out to him, join his movement, join his effort. And together, folks, together, this country can be saved and will be saved. But it will require you. It will require you. And I'm going to say it right now. Jo Dr. Judy Mikovits said on this show over two years, probably closer to three years ago, maybe over three years, I'm not sure. Judy said on this program, okay, long before this pandemic came out, she said because of censorship and because of the misinformation, she said to me on this show that America to survive needs a revolution that's what she said she's not implying violent I don't assume but she's implying a change must take place folks we are in we are in a revolution right now we're living one it is for the most part peaceful for the most part, unless you're part of BLM or Antifa and exposed to some of this absurdity with the destruction of statues and looting of stores and all this madness going on. Uh, no, I don't support BLM. Yes, I do support black lives. Yes, I support Chinese lives. Yes, I support white lives. Yes, I support Jewish lives. Yes, I support Christian lives. I support all lives. I support human beings. But I do believe BLM is a Marxist organization. They have said that they support Cuban communism. They want that in this country. As far as I've read, that's what they support. Okay, they need to depart. They do not belong in the United States, as far as I'm concerned. Nor does Antifa. Okay, we are a peaceful country that is a beacon of freedom and liberty for the planet. That is purposefully being destroyed and dismantled by the banking puppeteers that control the United States finances through the Federal Reserve Central Bank, period. The same organization controls the United Nations, and right now Biden is talking to the United Nations in New York. That's a facade! The United Nations is not headquartered in New York. Oh, it is on paper, believe me. Yeah, Rockefeller donated all the land for that. Who built up the Rockefeller? Morgan, who built up Morgan, Rothschild, who built the Rothschild. These are things that are fact. And yes, it is a conspiracy. It is a conspiracy to destroy and dismantle the United States, crash the dollar, and absorb it into one global order. And if you like your freedoms, folk, you'd better speak now. You had better speak now. Okay, I got to close up. I appreciate you listening. Send the message, send the episode on to a friend, to a family member. Support Dr. Aaron Williams. You've got his email right there. And until next time, I'll be right back on in a couple minutes. Be awesome.